You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, everybody, and happy Easter. I want to welcome you to church on this very, very special day. This is probably one of the biggest days in uh, Christianity. This is a day where literally millions and millions of people, or actually billions of people, uh, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, which is really pretty awesome if you think about it. I mean, something that happened in an obscure little part of the world 2,000 years ago is celebrated all over the world. And, uh, you know, it means so much in so many different ways. I know we had this morning, uh, uh, many of us met down at the park for a sunrise service and just had a, an amazing time. I, I mean, it hasn't happened yet as of the recording, but I know it's going to be an amazing time. I know we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be incredible. Wish you could have been there, but glad you're here now. And I'm glad you're able to join us on uh, the service online and today we're going to do something a little bit different. You know, we uh, we're we're just gonna we're we're gonna go through the scriptures and let the Bible give the message today about the resurrection. And I've spent some time uh, just going through the the four gospels and pulling out basically the story of the cross, the burial, the resurrection, and what happens afterwards. And we're gonna go through that. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Let's go ahead and go to God in prayer, and then uh, we'll jump on into our Easter resurrection celebration. Let's let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for uh, being able to celebrate the resurrection, God. We know that this was a pivotal event in history, a pivotal event in so many people's lives for for thousands of years, literally billions of people. And it was a pivotal point for my life and everyone listening, God, for all our lives. And we thank you for that. And we pray this morning that that we can uh, just take a moment and really soak in what happened and how incredible it was that Jesus rose from the dead and what that means, God, all the implications of that for not only the lives of the apostles, but all the Christians ever since, and for for all the lives of uh, of of those who are listening this morning, my own life and the life of everyone that's involved in this service, God, we thank you so much and ask that you bless our time. Help us, God, to really connect on a heart and mind level. God, help our souls to connect to this. We love you, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. So again, happy Easter. I mean, what a, what a, what an incredibly special day this is around the world for what a day. I mean, I think this is probably one of the only holidays that's celebrated probably in heaven as well as on earth because uh it and it makes all the difference in the world. And like I said, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read through the scriptures and and uh and and we're going to go through it with the gospels. And so I want you to do something, but we're going to do something a little bit different here. So uh, we're not going to look at me preaching. We're not going to look at uh, videos or anything like that. Uh, we're going to just focus our minds and hearts on the Bible, on the scriptures. So get yourself in a comfortable place and and uh, set yourself up so you don't have to do anything else. You, as, as much as possible, try not to be distracted. And be able to just sit back and just listen to the story that God gave us, that, that the Holy Spirit had copied 
and written and printed and put in our hands so that we can hear about what happened and how incredible that is, how amazing that is. So I'm going to read it in three sections. I'll make a little bit of commenting, a little bit of commentary after each one, not much, because I want our focus to be on what is the message God gave us and what he told us or what he is telling us that happened that weekend, the weekend of the resurrection. So go ahead, get yourself comfortable. And um, I'm going to read and uh, I'm going to put up a slide on the screen here, the crucifixion. So you don't have to look at me. You can just focus on what you're hearing and what I'm reading. So here's here's us beginning now. And I, like I said, this is a composition of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we're beginning in verse 45. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. I want you to, to, to put yourself there. Imagine being there. It's around noon in the middle of the day on Friday. They've taken Jesus. They, they've, they've already they've beaten him. They've whipped him. They've, they've, they've in many ways tortured him. They've taken him to the hilltop, to Golgotha. And they place him on the cross and they lift up the cross. And there's a criminal on his right and a criminal on his left. I want you to place yourself there. Feel the heat of the sun. The wind blowing. The sound of the crowds. The sounds of people crying in the background. The sounds of people yelling in different languages. In Hebrew. In Aramaic. In Greek. In Latin. The soldiers are laughing. The heat, the sounds of the pounding and the nails, the sounds of the cries of the people. If you want, close your eyes if you can. And imagine being there. And all of a sudden, everything gets dark. The moon goes dark, or the sun goes dark. And that whether by cloud cover or literally the sun is fading its light, darkness comes over all the land. And there's two men crucified with him, one on his right, one on his left. And, it, and we continue reading. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly. For we are getting what deeds we deserve. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. Then Jesus said, Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Those who passed by hurled insults at him shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you 
are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now, if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. The people stood watching. And the rulers even sneered at him. And they said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. Are you there? Do you hear the wind blowing? Do you hear the murmuring of the crowd? Do you hear the yells, the anger in their voices, whether you understand the language or not? Can you sense the anger, the hatred, the bitterness? Can you hear Jesus grasping for breath? Can you hear his lungs heaving for oxygen? And the people walking by and cursing him. We continue reading. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, while the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Jesus said, Father, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting the lots. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger, and Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, and Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this, this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the law of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the King of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written... I have written. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, 
Jesus said, I am thirsty. Of all the I am statements that Jesus had said in his life, I am the life, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the water, I am the bread. So many times Jesus clarified who he was. And the irony, the one who is the water of life, the one who saves us all, is now thirsty. And he says, I am thirsty. And we continue reading. At three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and got a sponge and he filled it with wine vinegar and put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. What Jesus said, what Jesus was crying out repeatedly, and we know from the language that he was saying it over and over again. Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani. It's actually Psalm 22. He was praying the psalm of desperation. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, because Jesus and the Father are always one. They've always been one since, since the beginning of time, since before the beginning of time. But in this moment, all the sins of mankind were on, were placed on Jesus. The one thing that separates anybody and everybody, it separates you and me from the Father. It separates you and me from God. It separates you and me from, from salvation, from hope, from faith. It was all placed on Jesus. Every single thing that you've ever done, that I've ever done, everything you've ever done, all the garbage, all the lies, all the, 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 the crud that you've committed in your life was all placed on Jesus. And suddenly, for the first time ever, he feels alone. And he prays the Psalms. Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the people who aren't listening, they hear Eloi, Eloi, they think he's saying Eli, Eli, which is Elijah. And they wait to see if Elijah will come, but Elijah did not come. And we continue reading. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you were the king of the Jews, save yourself. And darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. The sun stopped shining. And then Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. 
He ends his life the way he'd always lived it, in the Father's hands. He ends his life the way he'd always lived it, by committing his spirit to God. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. The famous words, what he had dreaded the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane, what he had feared and felt so much anxiety about that it caused his sweat to come out as blood, what he had agonized over, what he had accepted, the beating, the mocking, the ridicule, the whipping, the torture, the nails in the hand, the nails in the ankles, the slow and agonizing death, it was over. It is finished. Tetelestai. In Greek, as recorded. Which is actually the word that is stamped on a bill once it's paid. Tetelestai. Which is actually what somebody says when they shake hands after agreeing to something and finishing the agreement. It's done. It's paid for. And with a single act, he paid the penalty of all our sins. And it says, with that, he bowed his head. He breathed his last. And he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This was the curtain that kept everyone out of the Holy of Holies, the room where the Spirit of God would rest. This is the curtain that kept us separate. And it tore from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. And here we have a, a Roman soldier so moved, so stirred, so impacted by what he just saw that he praises God, the Jewish God, the God of all creation, Yahweh. And he says, surely this was a righteous man. And when all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who, who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. I can only imagine the shock, the horror, the grief, the discouragement, the fear that they were watching that they were feeling as they were watching these things happen. What was going through their minds? What was going through their hearts? 
what they were feeling deep down inside after spending three years with Jesus and having so much hope in him. And suddenly he's dead. In a verse, and we keep reading, As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and placed it on his in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he'd been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go and go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. So Jesus is buried. And they want to make sure that there's no possibility of a resurrection. So they post guards and they seal the tomb to make sure. But you and I know that didn't stop him. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Very early the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting at the right side and they were alarmed. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how we told you, how he told you, while he was still with you in, the Gal- in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered these words. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, to go to Galilee, where they will will see me. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb, 
They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Now Mary had stood outside the tomb, crying. And as she wept, she went over to look into the tomb and saw the two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the feet, at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? And thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. When they all came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanne, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separated from the linen. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Finally, the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went inside. The other disciple. He saw and believed. He still not, did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in, the, in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is a third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said. 
but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things, and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. He disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while we talked, and with us on the road, and while he talked with us on the road, and they opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on this way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. It was so incredible. Imagine after two days of just being so depressed and discouraged and bummed out. That Jesus had died. That Jesus was, was, was not with them anymore after they put all their hope in him. They left everything. They left their parents. They left their villages. They left their jobs. They left their businesses. To put their hope in Jesus. And then he dies on the cross. And they didn't understand what he had said would happen. And they were just deeply, deeply discouraged and depressed. And then all of a sudden, all these rumors and, 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 and the Marys, you know, the three Mary, Marys, they come back saying they saw Jesus. And I love it that, that first of all, that it was three women who first proclaimed the resurrection, who first proclaimed the good news. And why is that significant? Because the testimony of a woman wasn't even allowed in court in those days. Women were not considered reliable witnesses. And so what does Jesus do? He has the very first three witnesses, all being women. And they go, and sure enough, the apostles don't believe them. So Peter and James go running over there to see for themselves. And imagine, I mean, they're running with all this hope. Oh my gosh, God, I hope this is true. I hope Jesus did raise. I hope Jesus rose and I hope that that we'll see him again and I hope this isn't over. And they run in there and the tomb's empty. And these figures in shining clothes like lightning tell them he's not here and confirm everything that the women said to them. And I love it on the road to Emmaus, these two, these two individuals are walking away and Jesus just appears to them. <clears throat> and they don't get it. They don't recognize him and they don't understand. And it says he opens their minds. And that's always the hope. Is that people will allow their minds to be opened. It's a good prayer. Ask God, open my mind. Help me to get it. Help me to see. Help me to understand. And we keep reading. 
On the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together, the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way, Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cain and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that, that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood at the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did this, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had just taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed him in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. You got to love it. I mean, here's Jesus feeding them. He appears to them and he's cooking them dinner. Remember? Hospitality. Philoxenia. And it says, Jesus said to them, bring some fish. Bring some of the fish that you've just caught. And so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, but even with so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails are, were, and put my hand into the side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were caught in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Now stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was with while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Then he gathered around him and asked him, they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you going at this time to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and ye will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight, hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy after they had continually spent time at the temple praising, after they had stayed continually at the temple praising their God. You know, what an incredible story. We celebrate this day because everything changed because of this. The disciples, the apostles, they went from fearful, hiding fishermen and tradesmen to bold and powerful prophets who changed the world. All that changed because of the resurrection. Because the resurrection proves everything Jesus said was true. Everything Jesus did was right. And that means the hope, the promises, the blessings that you and I have in Jesus, the hope that we have was all proven correct, accurate, reliable, and true because he rose from the dead and he proved himself. It changed their lives. It changed my life. It probably totally changed your life. It's what we celebrate today. All over the world, the oldest greeting in the world that's still in use is Christos Anesti. It's a Greek phrase, and it simply means Jesus has risen. It's what was recorded when when the when the women went back and told the apostles Christos Anesti and to this day people all over the world when they get up on Easter morning and they go to mass or they go to service or they go to worship they hug each other and they say Christos Anesti and the response is Alithos Anesti truly he has so i say to you this morning Christos Anestis. And you can say to me, Alethos Anesti. It is the truth. Text somebody this morning the good news. Pull out your text, I mean your phone, and text somebody, Christos Anesti. And answer them, Alethos Anesti. Because that's the good news. That all these promises, all these wonderful things that we hope for in the Bible are proven true because Jesus rose from the dead. God bless you.
en buen camino. Happy Easter. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit metrolaregion.com.